0: Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.
1: Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the Morning, 615. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Good morning to you, Shelly. Good morning, Brad. How are you? You know, I've had better years, to be honest with you. You know, one of those crazy things, you know. And yeah, I do know. Every day I get up and I take another another swing at things. You know what I'm saying? You know. You do do that. I said do <laughs> <laughs> do. Do 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 do. Uh well, uh you know, I can I be honest with you? Can I scratch my head and I'm not trying to call out Dave Murray. Maybe I am trying to call out Dave Murray. Um you know, the beginning of the week on Monday, I heard his forecast and hey, we're in for a nice week. It's going to be, you know, cool temperatures. And then I looked at my weather app, right? And on Friday, the high is supposed to be 100. What happened to those cool temperatures? I still say, yes, tomorrow, uh, today, uh, 90, tomorrow, 97, Friday, 100. So what happened to those cool temps? Did they just disappear? I think they did. And remember, last week, a week ago, Monday, I looked at my weather app And I heard Dave Murray talk about it. It's going to rain all week. And I think it rained like an hour on Tuesday last week or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, and you know what, already, I mean, you, you know, I had the discussion. We've got some ads on the radio station that still refer to spring. You called me about this yesterday. I go, well, Shelly, it's still spring. It's not summer till next week. Actually, what's Sunday, I guess it is. 21st is, is, uh, is it twenty? I think it's the 21st this year, uh, which is, which is Monday. This coming Monday, I uh, mean, summer solstice, uh, I believe it's the 21st. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's in the morning, summer solstice 2021. 20, uh, no, I'm wrong. It's Sunday, June 20th, 1130, 1130. Well, it's almost, it's almost, uh, it's almost Monday. So Sunday night, just before midnight, uh, it will turn into summer. So uh, it's still spring right now. And you never know it with 97 tomorrow and 100 on, on, on Sunday or 100 on, uh, on Friday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Like you always say, if the weather isn't perfect, what, how, what do you say?
1: If the weather was, you know, if we have a nice day, if the weather likes this all year long, none of us could afford to live here
0: exactly
1: because you know where does everybody want to live they want to live in the areas like san diego where you don't get a hundreds and you don't get zeros you know what i mean it's pretty much to the point where it's pretty much uh you know nice weather all year round even to the point where well i won't say las vegas because las vegas gets blazing hot in the summer but in the in the winter and uh the fall winter and spring las vegas is delightful uh every year uh for years until the pandemic thing came around we had our convention out there in god the last time's hard for me to believe the last time we had a convention was in 2019 here it is 2021 uh and they moved our convention to october of this year which is going to be interesting you heard they're still
0: going to hold it
1: yeah but it's going to be interesting to see because i don't know if they're going to change it for good because that would mean they would have uh, a convention in october and then if they went back to the, reg- or, you know, in other words, October of 21, it's coming October. And then if they went back to the regular scheduled time, it would be April of 2022. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Maybe they'll just switch it to October. You hear about all the problems with Southwest Airlines? Have you heard about this? I mean, normally you don't hear problems with Southwest Airlines. Have you heard about this? No, you this? don't. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. Apparently, they have a third-party weather provider. I don't know who that is. Somebody's providing weather data to them. And somehow or another, the integration in their computer system went awry on Monday, and they had to cancel all sorts of flights. And they did the same thing yesterday, where they're having some kind of a computer issue. And people now are saying, "We think it's another one of these cyber attacks. We think it's it's the ransomware or somebody trapped tapping into the computer systems." And you know, it's really or maybe
0: they weren't full. They didn't want to say that. No,
1: no, no, so no. So they're blaming it on no. something else. What's interesting is they're running full flights all the, all of a sudden, like overnight within the last month or so, all the airlines are just kicking butt. And the problem is they're short on people. How many times have we heard this? We don't have enough employees. Because remember during everybody
0: the, is whining about well, that. During
1: during the pandemic they laid off a bunch of uh you know, obviously they were you know, for a while nobody was flying. You know, hardly hardly anybody was flying. Um, and they laid off a bunch of people, and they gave early retirement to a lot of people, so now they 're short on people i mean god how how crazy is this? I mean, you know, if we live to be a hundred, and one day we say to our grand great grandkids, yeah, I remember back in 9, 2020, 2019, 2020, and 2021. 2019 was a good year, and then 2020 came around, and we had this crazy, weird pandemic. And John Stewart, you know who he is? The guy used to do his uh, the Daily Show, and now he's sort of retired. But he was on the Colbert Show. What is it? I do not know who Monday he is. No. You don't know who John Stewart is?
0: I do not. Uh-uh. Well, what,
1: What's interesting? He was he was always a Trump hater, as a lot of people are, and now. He's coming out, and he's jumping on the bandwagon that the coronavirus did come out of the lab in Wuhan, China. He's essentially... now. You know, it's so funny. People are doing a 180 on that, going like, yeah, we don't believe this bat in the wet wet market story. We think it came out of that lab. And yesterday I read this really interesting uh, article uh, about this doctor who's like sort of like a Dr. Fauci, except you don't see him on TV 42 times a day. Uh, and he says that there's a certain amount of arrogance among among these doctors who are doing these tests. These, like, these doctors who are like, all they do is they don't do any patients anymore. They just do tests on various, you know, they're doing this and they're doing that. And he's saying that that's the problem. And he says Fauci is one of them. You know, very arrogant. Well, yeah, I know everything. Yeah, I know everything. Yeah, I'm Dr. Fauci. Yeah, just ask me a question. I'll give you an answer. Just ask me, you know, and, and I, will always, I will always tell you the truth. I will always tell you the truth. And, and you know, I never, never, ever am I wrong. Never am I wrong. When I say that
0: people should not be walking around with masks.
1: You shouldn't be wearing masks. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. And then a month later, it's like, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear two masks. You need to wear three masks. You need to put a plastic bag over your head. Okay. (laughs) You know, I'm going to talk about this next hour. What's that? I am thoroughly disgusted with... About what? Journalism. And I heard something yesterday that I just went... Did you hear that? What? Did I hear what? It's it's like it's like my profession, you know. I mean, I got these two worthless journalism degrees, and yesterday I heard something yesterday that just made me go like, "Okay, I give up. I just give up." It's just like, you know. And and if you if you talk about this, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it next hour, if you talk about this, people would go like, "Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about." Okay, you know, maybe I don't, but yet, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on with journalists. Not all of them. The majority of them. You know, and it's to the point where it's like... To me, it's it's scary. It should be scary because you want the journalists to tell you the truth. Not their opinion. If they go to the scene of a car accident and it's apparent that somebody was going 100 miles an hour and, uh, you know, and they were speeding and, you know, swerving in out of lanes, you don't want that journalist to say, Well... They were driving the same car that I was driving, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. As a matter of fact, they're my neighbor. They live down the street, and yeah, I knew the guy had a drinking problem, and I knew he drove drunk all the time, but I'm not going to say anything like that. I'm going to say it was just an, an unavoidable accident. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that's going to help? Do I think what's going to help? Just say it was an unavoidable accident. Well, the idea being is that, 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 you know, first off, journalists are human, okay? Yes. If you work at, let's say, the Post-Dispatch, and your next-door neighbor, who you love, your next-door neighbor is the nicest guy in the world, or maybe gal, nicest gal in the world, and all of a sudden, one day you find out that she's like a drug dealer and she's got an assumed identity, and she's wanted, she's on the top 10 wanted list by the FBI. Okay? You're going to go like, well, now hold on a minute now. That's the same neighbor that when we moved in, they brought us cookies, and, and when our dog was sick, you know, uh, they came over and took care of our dog when we went to work. And that's the same neighbor that when our lawnmower broke, you know, they came over and cut our grass. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to go. I like, do. You're going to say they were nice to us, and I get it. It's human nature. You know, I'm not saying that it's tough to to divorce. You know, your feelings uh, uh, when you have personal feelings, and all of a sudden you got it to put on your professional hat. It's like it's like you know. I knew a couple of cops that told me stories about people they had to arrest, people that they knew personally, that you know, all of a sudden their life went weird and. They had, you know, they did some nasty stuff, and the police got, had to go arrest them. And they talked about how how painful that was for them to show up and put the cuffs on somebody that they knew personally, and they had a great relationship. And all of a sudden, it turned into a professional relationship, which wasn't good. It's human nature, I get it, you know. And I think that that are a lot of people out there, especially when you know someone, you become very positive toward that. Well, I've had, you know, that person's been nice to me. You know, I mean, we remember we told the story, what was it, Jeffrey, who's the, the, and remember we talked about this about a month ago, about this thing called the Hannibal Boys, you know what I'm talking about? These boys that, that disappeared years ago in Hannibal, Missouri, and there's all no, these... No, I don't the, remember talking about it. Oh yeah, there's all these crazy theories. There's a guy, there's a guy that's got a podcast out. That's the reason that this gotten to be top of mind awareness, because there's a guy with a podcast, and he's got all these theories that john wayne gacy i believe it was john wayne gacy um was responsible and going like well hold up. Is it well, is he like a chicago guy and you know he was the guy that killed all those people and um i think was he once wasn't he the ones that had like body parts in his freezer or something like that some one of those weirdos and Ew. oh yeah 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 here let me look at that let me look about, I, we'll talk about what, that next john wayne gacy I believe that's the one, and but but the crazy thing about it is, is this guy talked about things I'd never heard before. Like this guy, this guy, I believe I I'm, I'm double check this. John Wayne Gacy managed Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Ew. I mean, how bizarre! Ew. Is that? And, and and he was and he was in the JCS. Remember we talked about the JCS because I remember telling you that the headquarters for the jc's are right out there at highway 40 and olive right you get off it from, is you go you know you go west and 40 and you get off at the olive clarkson exit you go down the ramp you make a right quick left there's the jc's right there that's our head, national headquarters anyway we've got to take a break at 6:20. westplex 107.1 it is bs in the morning 6:36. i'm shelly she's brad it is a wednesday and it's shelly's favorite day because she always gets to say
0: oh day yeah
1: <laughs> you live for that don't you
0: i do <laughs> It's it's a it's a guilty pleasure. It's
1: one of those goofy commercials that that commercial hasn't probably been on the air in 10 years and people still <laughs> remember it, right? It's Yes. Yes, yes, once again.
0: It's it's like the trader that was with Verizon. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, but then he Good. ended up, then he ended up at Sprint, remember that? Yes. <laughs> that, I'm like that that was wow. There was There's a, no
0: loyalty anymore. Well, that
1: was money, you know. I mean, you know, he probably had a non compete and his non compete expired and Sprint said, Hey, let's take the Verizon guy you know, now of course Sprint's pretty much gone, you know, soon to be totally absorbed by T Mobile. I had I had an issue with that yesterday, just yesterday. What, an issue with what? No, I'm trying to get a new phone. You know, my phone is like, it's like, I can't believe, through the years, I've had a cell phone since, okay, I'm going to say this, and people are going to go, there's no way. I've had a cell phone since 1984, okay, when cell phones, I
0: would say there was no way, but my daddy had a cell phone in well, no, 1984. No no no. So no, no, no. I know that you did because you loved the big toys.
1: I had a, I had a phone in my car before there were cell phones. I had a car. I had a phone in my car dating back to the 70s. There was yeah, no... that was
0: locked into the right the in the chassis. Trunk.
1: Right, right, but but in in and uh, I actually did. God, this is going to date me. I did work for CyberTel back in the day, which was there were two telephone, uh, cell phone, cell companies when they first started in St. Louis. That was Southwestern Bell, Mobile Systems, and CyberTel. Those were the two companies, and I had a cell phone, like one of the first ones in St. Louis. So, anyway, typically, you know, when when we got away from the car phones and the bag phones, and now we carry the, you know, just the little handheld units, the smartphones. I've I'm lucky to get like a couple years out of them to the point where. I wear them out, you know. I don't. I've never physically broke a phone, but to the point where, like, I uh, have. <laughs> no, I've, I've never, I've never broken a screen or anything like that, which is sort of weird because I drop my phone all the time. I've got it in one of those protective cases, uh, which now looks like <laughs> it's been through World War Three. You've seen it before. It's just
0: yeah, it doesn't look like it's been loved.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's just been used. Anyway, I'm trying to get a new phone, and yesterday I went round and round and round, and I'm trying to get. A dual SIM phone. You know what that's all about?
0: It means you can have two
1: phone numbers. Yes, exactly. And um,
0: Which they used to do all the time, and they don't do that anymore.
1: It's gotten tough. And the problem with it is that the two companies don't cooperate. That, you know, you've got to call one company, and they okay, well, we'll think about letting you do that. And the other company, well, if they won't let you do it, then we won't let you do it. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. Anyway, that was that was like half an hour of my day yesterday. You ever think about stuff like that? You think to yourself, Why am I spending time with people that I'm paying money to? Why can't they just make life easy for me? And it's interesting, you know. I what, think
0: about that all the time. Do
1: you know what I read yesterday? You know why you know why? Because there's not enough people to man the phones anymore because they laid off everybody. Once again they're shorthanded.
0: Because they've got these stupid robot calls. They call you and pretend to be a real person when they're an AI. Well,
1: well, but even... Even if you
0: ask them, they're like, I'm just a person talking behind a computer. What is that?
1: Well, it's like they record all the snippets. Anyway, okay, I did my homework. We talked about this thing, and I was correct, John Wayne Gacy... I heard this guy on KWMU, um, he's got a podcast, he's a local guy, and he's investigating this thing they call the Hannibal Boys, where I believe it was three boys disappeared in 1967. And there's all these crazy theories that there's this one theory that they were in a cave, you know, like the whole Mark Twain thing, they were in a cave up there, and they were building a highway near, I believe it might have been Highway 79, they were building a highway in the area, either 79 or forty sixty one, and they they detonated a dynamite charge knocked out some rock where they're building this highway and their one theory is that this collapsed the cave that these boys were in uh, the other theory is that John Wayne Gacy uh the Chicago mass murderer who buried all these people you know under his house Uh, was in the area and he abducted these and i heard this guy tell the story about john wayne gacy and i looked it up because i'm thinking to myself am i remembering this this correct he was big wig in the jc's he was he was in springfield illinois he was in waterloo iowa in waterloo iowa his i think his father-in-law bought three kentucky fried chicken restaurants and john wayne gacy was the manager and not only this and i do remember this i went and read the wikipedia page again he dressed up as a clown and he went to hospitals to cheer up kids. I'm going like, okay, this is sick. You know? I mean like, you know, sometimes you know, you, you 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 hear these stories go like, okay, this is sort of weird. But yeah, he was like a bigwig in the JCs in both Waterloo, Iowa and in Springfield, Illinois, and they claim that this guy can claim that John Wayne Gacy traveled through Springfield on several occasions because one of his relatives lived um lived someplace down in arkansas i believe and they say that he would come down from waterloo iowa because if you know where waterloo waterloo iowa is uh he would come down from waterloo iowa he would come along the uh, eastern part of the of missouri you know come through springfield come down through st louis and then pick up 55 and go down into arkansas to visit some relative of his and they think they can pretty much prove that when these boys disappeared in Springfield, he was in, I mean, uh, disappeared in Hannibal. He was in Hannibal. I mean, it's, it's, if you read this thing again, it's super creepy because this guy led this. It's c- super creepy whether you read it or not. Well, but he led this crazy, weird, sort of like dual personality life. He was married. He's got kids. You know, he had a wife. You know, uh, you know. I mean, all sorts of weird stuff. And, they, you know, he's the one that had these, you know, mainly I I don't think he 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 murdered any women it was all men that supposedly he he lured to his home and and because and the 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 story was that he would he would take him to his home and he would say hey I'm going to do some magic and one of the things was he would say to him that like hey watch this put these handcuffs on and I'll show you how magicians get out of handcuffs well that's not what he was up to and you can start to figure out the rest. So anyway, weird stuff. Anyway, the Hannibal boys is a thing that depending upon who you listen to, some people say that these boys, you know, fell into the river or whatever. But it's never been solved. And this guy, I can't remember his name. I see if I can find it. It's a local podcaster. And he's done this all his investigative reporting. And he, he, the theory is that these boys were abducted by John Wayne Gacy. That's one of, like, many theories. Is You know, and when you think about that, Isn't it, there's a whole, there's a, I read a story again about this, about this crazy thing, the people that disappear in national parks, have you ever heard about this? No. Yeah, there's this, there's there's this big long list of people who like went to vacation in national parks and not by themselves, like with, you know, like family and things like that, and all of a sudden they're gone, never heard from again, never seen nor heard from again, just disappeared like they were, you know, plucked off the earth by like an alien or something like that. Never found any body, never found any trace of them. One minute they're there in a national park camping or something like that or walking around or hiking, and the next minute they're gone. You've never heard this? I have not. Guy wrote a book about this, and it's pretty spooky because he documents case after case after case, and some of them are to the point where people are like on a hiking trail and like, you know, you know they're, somebody's behind them, you know, one of their family members, they turn around and they're not there anymore and they're just gone. And they never see him again. Hmm. There's people I wish that would happen to, but <laughs> did I say that? Um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice today, Shelly. I really am.
0: I know you. And you're <laughs> doing
1: so good. You're such a big boy. Listen to you, 645. Westplex 107.1, BS in the morning. That's who we are. She's Brad. I'm Shelly. And the web address for the radio station is westplex1071.com. You know we forgot to talk about Monday? What do we forget to talk about? The Cardinals. The Cardinals went back to full attendance. They dropped all. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can now. They can now uh, have everybody in every seat. Although the way the Cardinals have been playing, I don't know. They've they've not had a good a good season so far. They won. They they they've won two in a row now. They won last night. They won Monday. But I think last week, I think they lost every game they played last week. I think really. Yeah, I think six or seven games in a row. They got swept by the uh, the Cubs, which is never a good thing. You know, there's that (laughs) Chicago-St. Louis rivalry. Um, Yeah. And um, I'm curious as to, do you think that sporting events for the next few years will ever be the same? Do you think that? uh, No, I don't. Do you think that what if the Blues go back? Do you think they'll sell out the Blues?
0: They might.
1: I heard an interesting, one of my business associates, who I shall not mention because I don't necessarily know if he wants this credit to him, Um, he's a guy that owns, uh, he's in the advertising business as well too, and he told me something interesting that he thought that all the sports teams around the country, and specifically in St. Louis, the Cardinals and the Blues were going to hurt in the respect that they weren't going to get the corporate support anymore because... In 2020, you know, like the big companies like Bank of America and the big companies, they buy like the luxury boxes and they buy a bunch of box seats for right. uh, clients and things like that. They took those out of their budget in 2020 because there was, for all intents and purposes, no baseball games to go to in 2020. Remember, they shut it down. You know, the you can only have like, you know, five people in the stands or something like that. So the budgets got revised. So all the big corporations that had money in their travel and entertainment budget for, you know, sporting events took it out of their budget. And he said that he thinks it's going to be tough for a lot of corporations to get that money back in. Because once you take something out of a budget, especially sort of discretionary funding like that for, you know, baseball tickets and things like that, it's tough to get it back in again. Because and especially could people go like, well, hold on a minute now. We got by with not having uh, the schmooze clients in 2020. Why should we go back to and clients? We can just save that money and use it for something else. What do you think about that?
0: I think that they can do anything they want to do.
1: Well, I mean, but do you go along with his reasoning that once it's out of the budget, it's tough to get back in?
0: That's with anything, though. Yeah, True.
1: I, I, you know, it's one
0: of those. Once it's out of the budget, it's kind of forgotten.
1: Well, I, I think it's sort of interesting in the respect that I never would have thought of that when he said that to me. I think to myself, you know, I know how it is dealing with companies and their budgets. You know, I mean, like you know, if they put it in their budget. Uh, nine times out of ten, if you can show to them that you're going to be They're marked for you, yeah, it, it showed it's going to be a good thing for your company or service, whatever you you know, running. That if you can convince them as a salesperson or whatever that that budget money should be spent with you, but all of a sudden if it goes out of the budget, and you know business is still good, and you realize, well, maybe we didn't really need those tickets to the Cardinals, maybe we didn't need that luxury box for the Blues, maybe we didn't need that season pass to Riverport or whatever you know I don't know interesting um it, there's there's no doubt that things will have changed forever in a lot of different respects and uh, I think that the whole thing is we've seen stuff in the last 18 months that I don't ever want to see again to be honest with you <laughs> I'm I'm to the point where yesterday and I have this thing I don't know if you have this, I went to I went to I don't know how many auto parts stores yesterday. I have a problem with one of my vehicles, and nobody has what I need. And What do you need? Uh, if I told you you wouldn't. A new be- vehicle? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I need a new vehicle. No, it's, it's a, it's a. Uh, we'll talk about it next hour. But it's one of those things where I drove a different car, and I didn't have a mask in that car. And I'm walking into some of these auto parts stores, and I walk into, like I said to the guys, okay, I don't have my mask. Yeah, it's fine. And I went into some place yesterday, I won't mention where I was at, and I said, I don't have a mask with me. And she says, have you been vaccinated? I said, yeah. She says, that's fine. I'm thinking to myself, I could have have not been vaccinated and said, yeah, I've been vaccinated. You know what I mean? It's like the honor system Well, some of
0: them want you to bring your, um, some doctor's offices, put it that way. Your card? They want you to bring your vaccination card so they can put it in your
1: record. I told you there's a there's a market in the people that are making fake vaccination cards. I bet you if I go on on online right now. Are you now, serious? No, I'm serious. I bet you if I go on online here, I'll do that. We do we'll play the commercials. Next break, we'll talk about this. I bet you I can go online line right now and find somebody who will do a fake vaccination card for me. I bet you any money. I bet you there's people on there right now. We're gonna take a break. I'll, Same I'll, on them. Well, no, no, I'm serious because they're so am I. They're handwritten. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no crazy hologram or anything on that up to the point where like, okay, you know, I'm not trying to say people could do this, but people can do it. And nowadays with all the fancy schmancy printers and scanners and things like that, you just scan the card, you know, you print it out on cardstock, and away you go, right? Yes. 657. Westplex. That's what I said. I said Westplex one oh seven point one and then Karen jumped in. And that that's her real name. You know, somebody said the other day, Are you calling her Karen as you know, as disparaging? No. It's
0: Karen Karen, like Heather.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's Karen. That's her real name. Am I kidding? You know that. No, you're not. I told you her that. Her name
0: is really Karen. Her
1: name is really Karen. And that's that's And Karen. she's
0: a nice girl.
1: Yeah. We've never met her before. Which is weird. <laughs> but
0: she's still a nice girl
1: she's a nice girl okay uh bs the morning i'm shelly she's brad okay talked about this last break about the fake id cards for the vaccination here is an article from national public radio on june 8th just week before last okay fake covid vaccine cards are being sold online using one is a crime remember i said and it starts Get this A vendor, this is the the first paragraph of the story, a vendor on Amazon was discovered discovered selling a pack of blank COVID-19 vaccination cards this week. The post has since been removed, but photos re-shared online showed a 10-pack of blank cards going for $12.99. In the U.S., actually getting a COVID-19 vaccine or receiving a legitimate ca- vaccination card is free. The small white piece of cardstock given to Americans after receiving all necessary COVID-19 shots is the only official way to show some proof of full immunization on the fly. But according to the Federal Trade Commission, those simple cards, easily easily replicated by fraudsters, never were designed to prove vaccination status long-term. Other vel- vendors selling uh, fake vaccine cards have been cropping up on SD, an e-commerce site, focusing on handmade and vintage items, on pro-Trump forums, and on dark web. And it talks about here that uh, it's uh, fake cards, uh, vaccine cards, not only have a negative impact on the public health, the FBI said they're against the law. Unauthorized use of an official government agency seals can be punished by a fine of up to five years in prison. So,
0: and your firstborn
1: right and I won't say who just texted me and said I can make you fake vaccine cards how many do you want I can have them to you this morning essentially easily scanned and I can print it on a cardstock so once again when you walk into a place and they say can I see your vaccine card you could have a real one like I've got you've got one but And I have to be honest with you, when I got it the first time around, when I got my first shot, I go, this is it? And literally, uh, a woman, where I got my vaccine, hand-wrote my name on the card, wrote down location that I got the first vaccine, wrote down the lot number, and that was it. And then I took that card back the second time, and another woman took that card, wrote down the date, the time, the vaccine lot number. And I, that's it. I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is it. This is it. This is my. This is my proof that I'm vaccinated. I don't know. Somehow it just didn't seem like it. You know. Sp- Can you laminate it? I. I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes you know, some because it's bigger than a, a business card. Well, but sometimes i 've heard people say that if you laminate things it voids them you know what I'm saying That's, I've heard
0: I've always heard that about the social security card
1: right that you're not supposed to laminate it you're not supposed to yeah. you know you know but oh. it's
0: the flimsiest paper ever I know
1: it's like it's like okay so this is this is my ID and I'm supposed <laughs> to you know have this little piece of paper and especially like if your're dude. You know it's different with a woman because you're throwing it in your purse, but if you're a dude and you're putting your wallet, especially in the summer, you know your wallet gets hot and sweaty, and, you know, and you you sit on your wallet, whatever. You know, I mean, it wears out. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Like, okay, this is and and once again, <laughs> it's funny. I forgot to mention this. My youngest son, I talked to him on Monday, and he's all upset. He's Bye. going. <laughs> actually, so, he's he's flying somewhere. Um, his trip in August or something like that. He's going on vacation, and he's like, he says, "Dad, I, 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 I tried to get my my real ID the other day, and I went to the driver's license, and I didn't have all my paperwork." And I go, "Why?" I Is "Your driver's license up for renewal?" Well, no, no, not for a couple of years, but I need to get that real ID. I go, "Dude." You don't need to worry about it because they extended it. Remember I told you the story the day I went for my real ID, the day I spent months getting all my documents together because my driver's license expires next month. And I spent spent months getting all my documents together, everything I needed, my social security card, had to go get a copy of my birth certificate, all that kind of stuff. Literally, the day I went, I went that morning, and that afternoon the news story came out. Hey, because of the COVID-19, we're extending the deadline for another two years because it was supposed to be in October of this year that the COVID night, that the uh, the real ID was going to affect and you couldn't get on a plane. And once again, I will, I never understand this. How many times a day do I have to show my ID? I did it twice yesterday. I had to show my ID twice yesterday. I won't say where I was at. I'll just say I was asked twice for my ID, okay? And yet we go with the voting thing. Oh, you shouldn't have to show an ID. The most important thing we do is voting, right? You can't get on a plane without a without without an ID, a picture ID. And in two and a half years, it'll be a real ID. Already, I don't know if you know this or not. You can't get into if like let's say if you got like uh, if you got uh, kids in the military. Like for example, your your bonus daughter, you call them her all the time, right? in the Navy. Do you have a real ID right now? Who me? Yeah. Do you have a real ID?
0: No, I was like one thing short of a real ID.
1: Okay, if you want to see her at her naval base, you can't get on the base unless you got a passport. They won't. I do have a passport,
0: but it doesn't say I've got the vaccinations.
1: No, 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 no. They won't accept a Missouri ID as access to a government facility. It has to be the the Missouri ID, the real ID. You can't just like use the regular Missouri driver's license, like I used to have before I got my real ID. They won't. They that's no longer good for army bases and i think even to the point where like my mom and dad used to go to scott air force base all the time that's what their that was their guilty pleasure in life because my dad was retired military and he was an officer and he went over there they they'd go up to eat and he had his doctors over there and the whole bit and um now you can't get into scott air force base unless you have a real id or a passport if you're a civilian and i don't even know if you can get on the base anymore or not since the 9-11 thing i don't know that's all changed who knows but the crazy thing for me is, I'll never understand the, why people are objecting to identifying people to vote. I mean, like to me, that's the most sacred thing we do, right? It's pretty, pretty up there, yeah. Well, that's what makes our country. Um, you know, it's not a democracy. It's a, it's a representative. It's a what, what representative democracy or republic, whatever. No, we, we elect people. We don't have Putin who becomes president for life, you know things like that. We don't have dictators that take over the country and then essentially say, it's my country now, and if you didn't disagree with me, I'm throwing you in a dungeon. You know, we don't have that, at least not yet, at least. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. We
0: will, though.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully never. Uh, <laughs> but, but the idea being that um, I don't understand this. And then furthermore, they always say it's like, and I heard a guy the other day talk about this, and he said that, it makes, and specifically, they talk about minorities not being able to get a picture ID. And the guy said, that makes minorities look like they don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, why can't you get, why can't everybody get a picture ID? In the state of Missouri, you can get a a an ID, you know, a non-driver's license for free. And remember, I told you that story that when I was matter of fact when I was coming back from getting my vaccine, I got my vaccine in Raymore, Missouri, just out the Kansas City when I was driving back through Jefferson City on i seventy there was a lady I can 't remember her name she was a state rep, and she was talking about this that the secretary the Secretary of State's office or the Department of Revenue Office if you can't find all the documents for a real ID, they will do it for you for no charge. You call up the Secretary of State and say. My name is so-and-so. You have to prove, you know, some kind of, you know, I don't know how, how you prove to them, But they do everything for you for no charge. So it's like people, well, oh, I can't get a picture ID. Guess what? You're not trying. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where if somebody says, oh, my grandma can't get a picture ID. She's 80 years old and she has no way. B.S. And it's not Brad and Shelley. It's B.S. because you can get one for free. You know, and, and if you don't even have the documents, they'll get them for you. I'm going like, how tough is that? And and don't you think in today's society that to become a part of everyday society you'd want to have that real ID? Don't you think that's something that like you'd really want to claim to like, hey man, I got my real ID. It is. Well, I don't get it. I don't get a lot of things. Okay, here's my thing, and I know I'm going to get pushback from you, and. (laughs) <laughs>
0: you always say that, and do you get pushback?
1: Shelly and I are not in the same room. Shelly and I are in two different studios, which is once Correct. again the 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 magic of of the internet. Okay.
0: Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to understand him because <laughs> my hands would be around his throat. <laughs>
1: I'd be, going, I'd be,
0: going,
1: <laughs> ah, <laughs> because she'd be choking me. Okay. I have these two worthless degrees. And that you know, that bothers you every time I say that, doesn't it?
0: Every time you say that, I just want to sit there and slap you upside the head.
1: By the way, not this break, but the next break. Um I need to talk to you about something on the air. And all I'm Why going Why do you do that? No, 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 no. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. You're gonna like this because this is about your daughter. Oh, okay. Remind me to talk about your daughter, not this break but the next break, okay? My
0: daughter-daughter or my bonus daughter?
1: No, your daughter-daughter, Tiffany. We're going to talk about her in the next break, okay?
0: Tiffany.
1: Because you told me about this, and at the time, I didn't really realize how big of a deal this was. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, So I try to listen to all sides of arguments. I try to be a guy who is well-informed on any given day. I will look at Fox News, i look at CNN, I'll look at MSNBC, and when I'm in the car, I punch buttons. Yesterday, I listened to, of all crazy things, I listened to a Christian talk station that I don't normally listen to, but I heard that this guy sort of interesting in the morning when I got off the air here with you. I listened to this guy for about 45 minutes, it was interesting. Uh, I listened to uh, KMOX for a while, I listened to 97.1 for a while, then I listened to NPR. And about 11 o'clock, I'm driving someplace to drop something off, and I'm listening to NPR. And the lady comes on at the top of the hour. Hey, we're going to talk about how America is back. And then they do the news. That's her tease, top of the hour. America is back. Okay, so what do you think she's going to talk about? America is back. Um, I think she's going the, to talk about... The impeachment about, of Joe Biden? No, I think she's going to talk about the COVID deal, Right. I think she's going to talk about the fact that, like, hey, people are getting out. And remember we talked about the, the problem with Southwest Airlines. The planes are all full and they're having issues. And, you know, and, and, and everybody's back and restaurants are open and you can go here and you can go there and people are on vacation again and, and Broadway's going to reopen and the Cardinals have, four, you know, full attendance. To the, I'm thinking she's talking about, you know, that kind of America's back. The tease was, hey, coming up after news, we're going to talk about the fact that America is back. That's what she says. Okay. So then okay. the, the news comes on, and I listen. You know what America back is? What? We don't have Donald Trump anymore. And she's talking. She's gushing. Once again, she is a journalist. She's a journalist, and she's gushing about. Oh, it's so great to have Joe Biden as our president. Oh, and he's doing such a good job at the G8. Oh my God, the foreign leaders just love him, and we're so proud of Joe Biden. And then she starts playing all. And he's just the the purse the the average Joe. Guy and she starts playing all these weird clips about one Joe Biden's like in you know this is like a couple years ago he's at a campaign stop and he's talking about like hey yeah in the crowd is my my buddy my buddy Dumaflotchi yeah my buddy Dumaflotchi yeah, yeah he's a black guy and I, I remember him from when I was the only white guy on the east side of Philadelphia. And, and she's going like oh my god and Joe Biden's back America's back and then she brings in another quote unquote journalist and they're going like oh yes it's so wonderful as opposed to when Trump was at the G8 or whatever the heck it is and the other the other leaders were not happy with the fact that Donald Trump was the President of the United States and now everybody's so happy because America's back and we're back on the world stage again and Joe Biden is just doing such a great job and he, Europe, and i'm going like okay these are journalists not cheerleaders you know what i mean and it bothered me because of the fact that once again my journalism professor who interesting story was the head of media in czechoslovakia and when the russians took over czechoslovakia they chased him out of czechoslovakia he had a bounty on his head the soviets were trying to kill this man Camel, Camille Winter, who became my, one of my professors at, when I went to school, a minor graduate. And he taught us how important it was for journalists to be unbiased. He drilled that into our heads, that you're not a cheerleader. You, and he would say that. You're not a cheerleader. You're not, you know, hey, I like this guy, so all the news is all going to be positive for him. We hate this guy, so the news is going to be negative. And here is NPR which is funded by the government. And if you look at the, net, the last budget, I think in the latest budget, they got a half billion dollars. Corporation for Public Broadcasting got a half billion dollars from the government. And here, these two women, and it would have been two men, same thing, but they're like gushing, oh my God, it's so great. Oh, we're so proud of Joe Biden. Oh, and I'm going like, okay, if this was an opinion piece, that's fine. I don't care. You know, if it would have been like talk radio, if it would have been like, you know, like Rush Limbaugh, you know, saying things or you know, one of the other talk show hosts or even like the talk show hosts on on NPR who, you know, talk, you know, opinion. I get that. And when I'm talking to you right now, this is my opinion. Yes, I have a journalism degree. Yes, I've worked in the news business. Yes, I've started the news operation and ran it here in St. Louis where we we served, I don't know, 20 different radio stations. I got my news chops, you know? And I have this crazy stupid two or it's crazy stupid journalism degrees. It drives me crazy and it still makes my skin crawl because of how I was taught. You know what I mean? Because I was taught that journalists have a job to be unbiased. They have a job. They, do. they have a job to not be, you know, you know, finger on the scale kind of thing. You know, they're supposed to present both sides of the story and i'm going like okay this is on this on this is on a radio station that is licensed to the university of missouri curators so in other words there's there's state money that goes into this there's federal money from the corporation for public broadcasting and here you got two cheerleaders on there on a national show talking about oh my god things are so great they're wonderful because joe biden's now our president
0: you're just not going to leave him alone, are you?
1: Well, I don't think. Once again, I don't care if 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 it were it's not Joe Biden. I don't care if it was it was Joe the Ragman, or if, Joe it was, Mama. if it was if it was you know Joe Mama Mason, or, or you know. <laughs> once again, I don't care. They shouldn't be cheerleading for. They should be objectively reporting what happened. And instead of talking about what went on in these talks. They're playing all these clips. Well, here's Joe Biden when he was at here's he's such a human and he's and he, you know, they call him there's the reason they call him Lunchbox Joe, because he he can identify with the average person. Yeah, he lives in he just bought two years ago he bought a two million dollar beach house in Delaware. You know, uh, not I got in trouble from the smartest woman in the world. Last year he made $600,000, but a couple of years ago he made $13 million. You know, he gets chauffeured around. He's been in public service, quote unquote, since he's been 27. He's never, ever, 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 ever had a job where he's gotten anything other than a public paycheck. He started out as a public defender, and once again, I like public defenders, but he got paid by the government. Then he became a, what, a U.S. rep, and then a senator, and then a vice president. Every single penny the guy's ever made is from the government. So obviously, he's pro-government. You know, everything, you know, government, 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 government's good. I'm pro-government. Well, but 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 see, so am I. But not to the point where it becomes the be-all, end-all. Because keep in mind, think about this for a minute. The government should be beholden to the citizens because the citizens are the ones that pay taxes. If we didn't pay taxes and you didn't pay you know, um, so, you know, your income tax and corporations didn't pay their, their, you know, their corporation tax, there would be no money. The government would have no money. They couldn't afford anything because there would be no money. And once again, I'm not trying to say that that businesses should be number one and the government should be number two. At least they should be sort of co-equals. They should exist and they should, you know, help each other. You know, the government should, you know, uh, it's just like, it's just like remember when Obama, I still remember that years ago when he said, you know, if you got a business, you didn't build that business. The heck I didn't. You know, I mean, nobody from the government showed up to help me put up a tower. With your
0: own blood, sweat, and tears, right. thank you nobody, very much.
1: And if anything, the government has, you know my situation with one county, they fight me every step of the way. They no, do No indeed. matter what I try to do to improve, and then I get and then I get accused of my place is an eyesore because it's got a trailer on it. Why has it got a trailer on it? Because you won't let me build a building there because the building got destroyed in the flood in 93, and you won't let me rebuild it. I want to rebuild it. I've tried to rebuild it on several occasions. government says, nope, can't do that. And yet they turn around and go, well, it's an eyesore. He's got a trailer on the property. Guess what? You won't let me put a building there. So why, you know, once again, are they trying to help me? No. And when I ask them, what's it going to take for me to be able to build a building? You know the story. What do they tell me? I don't know. That's what they tell me. We don't know. We don't know. What do you mean you don't know?
0: <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, yeah.
1: Remember the latest escapade? You gave me the nice guy, the engineer, the civil engineer, the surveyor. Yeah. And he called up that particular person who shall remain nameless and said, "Okay, I'm working with Brad on this, you know, how do we get this project moving forward?" And what did she say to him? "I'll have to talk to my attorney." Okay. <laughs> She's the planning and zoning person, okay? Why did she have to oh, talk to Oh,
0: oh, 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 yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Is that, am I exaggerating what happened on that? No. Because because they don't want me to rebuild my transmitter site. They're fighting me on that. Why? But Who, if you build it, <laughs> he no, will come. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm done. We'll talk about your daughter the next break. Okay? Okay. And that'll be positive. So I feel much better now. Thank you for letting me vent. But once again, this is the problem. And remember, you were there that night. The night I got inducted. And I, I hardly ever talk about this. Who did I talk about the night I got inducted into the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame? Uh, you talked about Camille Winter. Exactly. You talked about. And remember what happened after, you know, after the event was open? Not one, not two, but three people came up to me. Yes. Who all and had talked gone. talked about
0: him as well.
1: Exactly. They said, you're exactly right. Yes, it was a lovely West night. Westplex 107.1, that's what I just said. Karen's talking again. Karen,
0: just Karen, 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 Karen. Chirp, chirp, chirp. She's I like just, a chatty Kathy.
1: I just can't get, get her under control this morning. Maybe that's a good thing. Okay, it is BS in the Morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. A web address for us is bsinthemorning.show. Address for uh, the radio station is westplex1071.com. And by the way, I'm having a little bit of a discussion with a couple people online here, are actually on texting me they're disagreeing with my assertion that uh, the federal government uh, pays NPR which I say it does they say it doesn't but this is giving the idea you know what the average reporter uh for NPR makes the average reporter uh uh-uh. uh this is according to Glassdoor Are you familiar with Glassdoor um $121,000 a year
0: I could see that happening yeah but you know I actually have a what is it W is it KOPN or is it WOPN?
1: KOPN from Columbia. Yes. Yes.
0: And they're they're on but, NPR.
1: No, I don't think they are. I don't. They are. I don't think KOPN is. I think it's. The University of Missouri station, which is not KOPN. I think KOPN is like the public radio. It's like the. it's like the hip, Yeah. The it's hip... like
0: their public radio. No,
1: it's like the hippy-dippy radio station. It's like the no, station we've no. had. It's like. No, no, seriously. It's like. It's like the place. What's the one here? What is it? Uh, I can't remember. It used to be KDNA. It's, uh, uh, whatever it is. It's the hippy-dippy radio station. It's where well, you...
0: I, I don't know about all that. But um, a, I... the man that helped me get my rescue, my. Chance Dog, yeah. my great peer, my yeah. first great peer. Right, right. Okay, he had a radio radio show called the Real Deal Country Show on that radio station. Yeah, but that
1: but that's not an NPR station. That's that's a station. that's like a community radio station. KOPN is like once again. It's the see, it's, it's funny because all these stations came out of out of what I call the hippy dippy area era. Era when uh, the one right matter of fact, if I, this is one of the weird stories. K E Z K 102.5 used to be K D N A and and that was
0: a way before me then.
1: Long time ago, okay? Yeah. And yeah. the reason for the call letters of D N A, not like DNA as supposed like human DNA stuff like that. It was a joke because when they filled out the application for a radio station, there were a bunch of forms are a bunch of questions that didn't apply to them because they were not a commercial broadcaster. They were a non commercial broadcaster. And you would put in the blanks, DNA does not apply. So they thought, well, this would be great callers to have because it doesn't apply to us, KDNA. So that was what they, that was the, the, what the call letters. And then what's interesting was, what's funny about it was, some guy, can't remember his name, I think he's no longer with us, but he was like the head hippy dippy at KDNA. And hey, we're freeform radio, and people used to live at the radio station. Literally lived like slept on the floor at radio stations and stuff like that. It was like a like a commune. And then all of a sudden, one day, it all ended because a company by the name of Heftel Broadcasting, do I know my history or what, came along and said, "Hey, we'd like to buy that radio station from you since it's commercial frequency, and we want to put a beautiful music station on there." And he goes, "How much?" And he, they they said they gave him like. A Million dollars and KDNA existed no more, it was gone and turned into KZK. How's that for a quick history of St. Louis?
0: That was actually pretty adorable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so don't ask me why. uh, Don't ask me why I looked this up, but yesterday you talked about your daughter, who is a nurse in the Mercy Health System, getting the Daisy Award. Two of them, yes. Okay, yes, she's won two. Do you know what the Daisy Award is really about? I do, but why
0: don't you tell everyone?
1: Do you know what it's an acronym for?
0: No, I do not.
1: D-A-I-S-Y is an acronym for Diseases Attacking the Immune System. And the DAISY Award goes back to 1999. The family of Patrick Barnes established the DAISY Foundation in 1999 to express gratitude to nurses for the work they do for patients and their families every day. The award is presented in more than 1,900 healthcare facilities in all 50 states and 15 countries. Each quarter, the consul will review nominations and based on the key criteria, which align with Mercy. This is actually off of Mercy's website, which align with Mercy values. determine Daisy Award recipients, winners will each receive a special certificate, lapel pin, a hand-carved sculpture. A celebratory banner will also be hung in the nurse's unit for a month. So is that what happened to your daughter? yes. So she won two of these. So this is like an international award. So I'm it thinking to myself, okay, but now I'm curious, who is Patrick Barnes?
0: It He's not from St. Louis. It's, an, it's a national thing. I don't know who Patrick Barnes
1: is. And it says the spotlight is on Daisy Award winners. The Daisy Award is an international program to honor and celebrate nurses who provide extraordinary, compassionate, and skillful care every day. And they've got... And it, and they've got all the things on here but but I thought this was interesting because when you kept talking about you know, sometimes and and I hope you take this in the spirits intended. Sometimes you hear about these award programs, and you are like, Okay, this is phony baloney. Okay, like for example, in our in our industry there are certain awards they're like, Okay, there's a bunch of people that get drunk. And they go like, who are we going to give the award to this year? Well, Joe showed up with a couple six-packs for a meeting last month. Let's give it to Joe. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah, Joe. And Joe wins the award. Okay. And I'm being facetious, but I bet you there's people listening right now who are working at various companies and go like, yeah, that sounds like our so-and-so award, You know, which is like BS. It's like an award that the boss gives the brown nose employees and the rest of us hardworking people. We don't ever get that award. And I'm not trying to diminish any kind of awards. But, you know, some awards are like, for example, I told you this story. In our industry, there used to be this thing called the Silver Microphone Awards. Okay? Right. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about this is I'll tell this story because I was up close and personal in this. My brother used to compete in the Silver Microphone Awards all the time because of commercials he did. Okay? Every single entry, he always won. He always won. Every single entry. If he submitted five awards, five entries to the Silver Microphone Awards, he won five Silver Microphones. So this was pre-internet, okay? This was before the internet got to be a big thing. You know who ran the the Silver Microphone Awards? I do not. It was a guy who ran a trophy shop. Okay. So what he was doing was people would send in their money and they'd send in their tapes and, you know... It was, like, it was like $100 per entry. And
0: oh, so you're basically, I know that. Everybody. You're basically paying for the award
1: yourself. Exactly. You got it. And they
0: just promote it.
1: You got a silver microphone. Everybody. So in other words, the guy was selling, essentially what he was doing, he was selling trophies. That's what he was doing. I yeah. mean, you said in your money, you in in 100 bucks per entry, and you got a silver microphone because everybody won. Everybody won. There wasn't anybody. It We got have to the,
0: ourselves a wiener,
1: uh, Right. It's just like, it, wouldn't it be nice if you go to the casino like that? Hey, everybody wins. You come with $10, you're going to leave with 100 Everybody who comes from the front door. Guess what? What's the old story? Las Vegas wasn't built on, on winners. You know, it was built on losers. Okay? So that was, and then what happened was, I think somebody outed this guy, and the Silver Microphone Award disappeared. And what was interesting was at the time you can still go if i I bet you if I do it right now here i 'm going to go on and and i 'll just going i 'm just going to google silver yeah, i can 't spell uh, cause, and i 'm not diminishing what my brother did because we didn't we didn 't realize this at the time because we were all like, oh my God, and he had all these awards. would you want a silver microphone you know <laughs> to the point where everybody won a silver microphone. Silver microphone award. And the other thing about that is, is that why wouldn't you want a gold microphone? Uh, Uh, Because silver
0: goes with more things.
1: Um, Business Voice wins. Yes, here's like, here's like, here's June 30th, 2001. Business Voice was recently honored as a national finalist by the 2001 Silver Microphone Awards, a nationwide competition. (laughs) This is funny because everybody won. Everybody won. Let me see if I can find it. We won the the humorous on-hold message we produced on behalf of Discount Parts Exchange of Mansfield, Ohio. Business Voice creative director Scott Gregory was also singled out is a national winner of the radio campaign he wrote, Be- voiced and directed by Blissfield, Michigan, blah blah blah. The silver microphone competition features 37 categories of audio advertising. Entries are judged on creativity, production quality, copy, concept talent, and overall effectiveness. No, they're not. Everybody won. <laughs> and that was the joke. Every- so did you win yours? I never submitted anything. I but, Aww, but every, everybody Everybody won. And if you go through you go through all these things you you can find like if you go through these like like the uh, um, uh, if there's all these things on 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 still still on 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 uh, but what's interesting is they all end about 2000. This was a press release from 2001, June 30th, 2001. So it's 20 years ago. So the Silver Microphone Awards were given out for probably about eh, 10 15 years, and then they all of a sudden disappeared like in 2002. Because what happened was and I think somebody probably this is like the one of the early days of the internet, they figured out what this guy was. He was actually a trophy shop and that's why the whole thing ended. You know? I'm thinking to myself, what a scam. You know, but once again I'm thinking to myself
0: You used to get those kind of things in the mail. It wasn't the silver microphone award, but it was like um I get, the National Business Association I'm a,
1: yeah, I've got blah blah uh, blah 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 blah. I, blah, I was blah. I was a winner or something like that. Matter of fact, yes. Yeah, matter of fact, and and you know, and and I talked about the fact that, believe it or not, I'm in the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame. I don't really talk about that much. I'm, here, I, I talk about. He it.
0: is, and it was well worth it.
1: I talk about it twice in one morning. But you know, one day, I heard Dave Glover talk about like, yeah, that, that St. Louis Media Hall of Fame. It's a scam. It's a scam. You pay money to get in it. You pay money, okay. You know the That's story. Be- true. You know the story behind that. The funny part of it was when the day that I found out I got I got in the it was twenty sixteen, the day I found out was mm-hmm. how did I find out from Greg Kornfeld. Greg Kornfeld emailed me and said, Hey Brad, congratulations on being in the Media Hall of Fame. I and I sent back, Greg, I'm not in the Media Hall of Fame. Oh no, no, you've just been inducted. I go, Yeah, funny. I mean him and I are emailing back and forth. Yeah, Greg, funny, funny. No, 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 no. And he sent me a copy of the Post Dispatch um, um, article from Joe Holloman, and it talked about, hey, the, today, today the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame, you know, uh, released their 2016 inductees, and I'm in there, and I'm going like, oh, this is a scam. And remember, all day long, I'm going like, yeah, right, this is a joke, because I didn't apply, I never applied, never even called me. You know, nobody even called me and says, hey. Somebody could have applied for you, Brad. No, but when I found out, when I talked, when the guy did call me later that day, because I'm going like, I even went on a sales call. I'll never forget this. I went, I'll never forget. I met, for the first time I met, met Leanne Seidenstricker. Went up to Troy, Missouri, to meet her to talk about advertising, when they still own Seidenstricker. Now it's Noble, SN Partners, whatever they call it. And I'm walking into the meeting, and people are texting me going like hey i read that article in post dispatch about you being in the media hall of fame i go no, uh, it's bogus i'm texting him back Well, like i think it's bogus i think it's a joke so i had the meeting and i'm in the meeting and my phone goes off a couple times and it's two numbers i don't recognize so i get out of the meeting and my phone rings again and it's one of the numbers again and the guy hi this is and i knew i'm not going to mention his name but he says hi this is so-and-so from the whatever the company was he, he he works he worked at an advertising agency and he says you don't know about this but i'm also on the board of the st louis media hall of fame and i'm calling you to congratulate you that you're in the 2016 inductee class in the st louis media hall of fame i'm going for real and i'm going like and i even said to him i go okay who is this who is this who is this really okay this is like a scam people pulling a scam on me and i said to him i said i don't know anything about this i said I didn't apply. He says you don't have to apply. He says he says the committee gets together and we go over, he says we do our own, he says the committee gets together and does our own um, you know, we have a every year we put together a list of 100 people. That's what he told me. 100 people, and then out of those 100 people, I think we pick 10. And those are the ones that get inducted that year. And it was like, okay, cuz I'm thinking, okay, am I going to get a silver microphone? <laughs> Am I going to get like the trophy shop deal? The whole bit. But anyway, that was the weird story.
0: You so, won that fair and square. So, no, you I did You earned and, that, Brad. And
1: as Bob Cochin said, Bob Cochin, who, who's who been in for like 10 years now, Bob Cochin came up to me at the event that night, and he goes, Brad, he says they should call this the Media Hall of Flame. I said, Hall of okay. Flame? And I go, why is that? He goes, because once you're in it, your career flames out. <laughs> that was Bob Cochin. Oh, and, Bob Cochin, he's such a dear. And you know what? He was right. What? He was right. It's been all downhill. He since is not right. <laughs> it's seven forty-nine. Westplex one hundred seven point one. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. By the way, we talked in talking last break about silver microphone awards. And one of the when I when I Googled it, I, there's a listing on eBay. <laughs> and here it is. You ready for this? Yes. <laughs> silver microphone award trophy. $150 plus free shipping. And it shows, it. this is the exact award like my brother used to get, Silver Microphone 2002. And if you look at the inscription, there's a plaque on it. says, National Finalist, Aubrey Communications, Services Campaign, Client, MTS, Make the Switch. Everybody got the award. Everybody got
0: it. Well, not everybody because you didn't.
1: Well, everybody who applied got the and award. And you
0: deserved a Silver Microphone no, Award.
1: I deserved the POS Microphone Award. That's the one I get. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, I want to go ahead and thank our our sponsors because they believe in us. Right. And Angie Harness with Angie Harness Consulting, she's a senior specialist, and she's powered by Keller Williams Chesterfield. Scott Ellinger with the Brass Rail Steakhouse, fabulous crab cakes, fabulous coconut shrimp. Jeff Lang with the Jeff Lang Insurance Company, uh, JeffLang.com, American Fam. American Family Insurance, and Caleb Hunter with Salt River Automotive. They do great work. They're very conscientious, and uh, they take care of you and your car. So, guys and girls, thank you so much for sponsoring BS in the Morning.
1: And I think they all deserve Silver Microphone Awards. They do. (laughs) Talk to you tomorrow, 7.57.
0: Have a great day, everybody. Peace.